You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hi, welcome to the Undercard. It's officially episode... 235? 235. I think so. 235. We're going to waste no time yeah. because I think we have the best guest at Motor City Comic Con sitting across Hi. from us. Hi. Uh, he's a guy that uh, watched from a distance, got to you know see him, meet him, know him. Uh, John Donovan, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Uh, creator, founder, whatever you want to say, of Genius. Theater Bazaar. Genius. <laughs> Outlaw. There you Outlaw. go. <laughs> uh, so I love how you describe Theater Bazaar to people, and I'm going to let you do it. For somebody that has not come across Theater Bazaar, which is pretty tough these days because everybody has, you know, you guys have grown so big. How do you describe Theater Bazaar? It has been one of the most, the hardest thing in the world to describe. Even after 17 years of doing this, there's absolutely nothing else like it on earth. So it is brutal to describe. It's it's an incredible, immersive environment that's eight floors, over 250,000 square feet of space that is completely transformed in a way that will blow your mind. We have no corporate backing, no sponsorships of any kind, so there's no logos or anything to take you out of this immersive experience once you enter. There's eight floors going nonstop for nine hours straight. It's choose your own adventure of a lifetime. And you know what it reminds me of, if, if I may compare it to something, is Brian Wilson's Pet Sounds. He wanted to make a wall of sound that immersed you that you couldn't... No, I'm being honest. It, he called it even a wall of sound. In I which, know, but you always bring it back to pet sounds. No, but <laughs> but being honest, you you want nothing to take you away from it, and it, it's almost like a wall of sound visually. Oh, for sure, it's overwhelming, and I'm pretty anal with everything, so it's like every detail has to be locked in. See, yeah, Did you hear that, Rochelle? That's oh, where no. I get my detail-oriented stuff from. <laughs> I, I seriously, from a distance, I worship people that I think are really good at what they do. So take us back 17 years yeah. ago. How did how did us all get started? Detroit, you know? Detroit, in a uh, pretty neglected neighborhood. Uh, we were surrounded surrounded by crack houses, so we figured we can get away with anything. So we might as well build a theme park. <laughs> uh, the the police, law, everyone stayed away. So we built over 10 years. We had a roller coaster, a Ferris wheel underground tunnels 40 some flamethrowers multiple stages it was uh we took over over half a city block and just kept building every year till we had a frontier land and i mean it was it was insane and then finally the uh the governor of michigan jennifer granholm at the time (laughs) called the mayor mayor bing at the time and was like what is this and why 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 do i keep hearing about theater bazaar and he looked into it and realized we'd been building this amusement park for 10 years and was so embarrassed. They sent in SWAT teams, the fire marshal, chief of police, like everybody. They shut us down 18 hours before our doors opened that year. Oh, jeez. It, it was brutal. And that was all captured on a documentary. Yeah. The documentary still being uh, worked on. Their documentary crew was there. They just started that year when they filmed us getting shut down. I always thought the documentary start. crew probably called it in just to get a better, <laughs> better story. But uh, yeah, they're still they're still they're hoping to release the documentary in about two years. Okay. Now, in, instead of just like closing shop, you were able to move the state theater uh, yeah. and continue it, and then you found probably the most perfect home 
other than where you had it originally, which was absolutely amazing. I had an artist friend who took me. I had a privilege of going one time to the backyard experience, which was absolutely amazing. You know, he was uh, had a studio in the Russell Industrial. I had no idea what I was going to. And then it was like, wow, Theater Bazaar. And then you found the Masonic Temple. How'd that come about, or was it always Masonic Temple or we don't continue? But no, we were pretty lost after being shut down, and I certainly didn't want to go back to the Fillmore. That was just a, a Band-Aid for the moment. But um, it was interesting because in my personal artwork, where world-building and creating Theater Bazaar, I started to take on, things started changing after doing it for 10 years and having this uh, dark carnival theme. I started incorporating some secret society symbolism and iconography, and uh, it was the documentary crew, they did a trailer after we were shut down because they they weren't planning on releasing it for some time because it was so illegal um, but because we got caught they released the documentary and when the di- or the, the trailer when the trailer was seen by a guy that was helping out the, Mas- the masons trying to the masonic temple was kind of dying at the time and they were trying to cr- bring in some new performances new acts and, and he when he saw the documentary and saw the, what we were doing he said you want the Masonic Temple, and it was it was pretty mind blowing to be able to have the opportunity to take over that building. And for people that haven't been by the Masonic Temple in Detroit, that listen uh, listen nationally, our Masonic Temple is very unique, very gothic, one of the oldest, right? If not so the oldest, it's one of the oldest um, that's still in production, but it's also the world's largest. And there's there's absolutely no other building like it in the world. I mean, just not even Masonic temples, but it's it's insane. It's like the Temple of Gozer. There's just strange <laughs> yeah. things in that building. <laughs> I, I studied architecture for some time, and then, even then, never seen a building like it. Now, having such a great visual from the front building, right? You're, you're still an artist of many mediums and stuff like that. How did you transform bringing something outdoor that was just absolutely crazy Indoors with colors and everything you wanted to keep the theme the way it was? It was a bit of a rewrite. I didn't want to just do the same thing that we were doing. We had an opportunity to kind of shift gears, and, and because, again, with my personal art, uh, taking on this iconography, I wanted to embrace the fact that we had this temple. So to create the backstory about it, it was essentially it's our own secret society and sort of a, an explorer's club using the geometry of the building to open portals into the dark carnival that we once had but um, it still kept with the same color palette it's his design aesthetic there's a lot of design laws to this world building and the color palette just alone is limited it's based on autumn so we took that into it and added blacks and reds and golds which is sort of secret society and it was a blending of a lot of things and it's and it's a work in progress i mean it's Every year we add more and more, but we're not taking things away. It just we keep layering it because of the scale of it. I mean, the first year we built like crazy, and it all just disappeared in the building because it's so big, it absorbs it. And so every year we just add more and more to to explore. And the people that have been working with you, they've been with you for years. The volunteers, they just come back and come back, and you know they're they're part of the face of it now. Yeah, for sure. We've had people from the beginning. We have people that jump in every year. It's, it, it changes, but it's, it's 
it's amazing. It's pretty humbling to have that many people that just want to help out. And yeah, the doll. The, the I can't remember her name, but the doll. You know Amy her? Funk? Amy yes, Funk, right? Amy Funk. Yeah. Yep. She, she is what draw, drew me in for the first time. I was just She's like awesome. amazed by her. And then she did her little crochet zombo. And we were like, when, where are those? And she's like, oh, we're not. This is just mine. And next year, you got them there. And yeah, she made more. She is amazing. Now, uh, talking about uh, your overall vision as an artist, I'm going to bring in some comics here. You were in the Goon uh, comic, which I have actually here, uh, and it was almost like in a different dimension. In your mind, is Theater Bazaar in a different dimension artistically? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's a separate world. I mean, it was part of the world building of it. And the, the original grounds, even though it, it, it looked like a vintage carnival, it was never meant to be historically accurate. It was more based off of like natural history museum dioramas but on a large scale, because as a kid, I always wanted to shrink and walk around in miniatures, which is a really hard thing to describe when you make a miniature large and it's no longer a miniature, but when you photographed it without people in it, it looked like a model, and there was a, that was all part of the design laws, so there was, just from that base of creating the dioramas, it was like, it's, it's also, there's a lot of almost religious allegories to it, where as a, as a man-made creation is almost commentary that the characters are, are in the way that the old gods would make would make characters of clay and raw materials uh, even like the doll Amy, is uh, she's meant to be a doll, the stitching on the clothes is oversized and, and it, if you again photograph it out of context it can look like this, a, a tiny doll and it, it pulls from that a lot I don't know if I answered that. Like, no, yeah, no, that's that's good. Yeah, and, <laughs> and yeah. the actual diorama that you have there encased is amazing. Grows, <laughs> yeah, it grows, and that's what we go and we're like, oh my, you could stand there for hours. Yeah, there's a few now, a few dioramas, and those are all everything in it was. I took the original blueprints for all the designs that I did for the carnival, scaled them to that design, and then uh, this it's a crazy story. Uh, this kid. Dante. We've met him and we've seen him working on the actual little figures. He, uh, back probably right in the second year that we were doing in 2001, he was eight years old. His parents were at Dally in the Alley and we were selling tickets. And he just dropped by and he was, he was a pretty cool kid. They kind of left him to hang out and look at our photos and stuff. <laughs> and we didn't mind. He was smart and uh, we had some interesting conversations and then he left. And then this, the next year, we hadn't seen him again, kind of forgot. And he showed up in a suspenders and a bowler hat and a cane, and he had notebooks of drawings of Zombo and Theater Bazaar. And, and his mom's like, I'm worried. He's obsessed. He's having nightmares. He won't stop drawing Zombo. And I'm like, that's hilarious. <laughs> and then every year, we'd see, we'd always say, I wonder if we're going to see that kid again. And then he'd show up. And uh, so we'd see him once a year until he was finally about 18 or so. And he, he had this little model that he made and he said because you know, he knew I'd been telling him stories he'd been listening the whole time about all of the dioramas and, and the influences of, of uh, the creation and he started going off on tangents and building his own things and he showed me this little piece and I was like oh my god I want to build a diorama and I'm like I want to see what, what you have so it was weird for I was a 40 year old man going to this like 18 year old kid's house and going to his bedroom and his mom's like you want cookies and <laughs> I walk into his room and it was 
It was scary. It was like, like this... Jim Harbaugh just showing up and having sleepovers. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like walking into this little serial killer's room where he had his pets in jars and he was learning to preserve animals and taxidermy. But then all the walls were covered in artwork that based on my artwork and I thought he's going to kill me and take over my <laughs> persona or something. And, uh, but then became good friends and he's, he's an amazing artist and so I, he had built all of this stuff and I asked him to scrap it all if we could start over and, and have a focused thing so the, the dioramas are now almost a documentation of what we had but also an extension of the story it's been fun to do we got the craziest story about Theater Bazaar so we're, we're just posting uh, posters in Detroit and we, we see uh, a trucking uh, door open and immediately I notice your color palette, like from 200 yards away. I go, I bet you they're doing something theater bizarre in there. No, he didn't even say anything. He goes, hold on a minute. I'm going to go talk to these people. And sure enough, they were. Uh, it's Dante working on it, yeah. and I won't disclose the location and stuff. And this is how cool, one of the coolest things about theater bizarre is people don't describe it to people. They let them just go check it out and then see what you do. So Dante was really cool. He's like, yeah, you can come in. He goes, but no pictures, protecting the secret. He's like, it's kind of like, you know, showing a magician's trick if, right. if you take pictures. And we didn't want to take pictures anyways. We were just seeing him work in just awe. And we, we saw that from 200 yards away, your color palette. And I go, something theater bizarre is going on in there. Yeah. And this is like two months out. You guys are having your meetings at Masonic and everything. But uh, very protective of your secrets and, and how you guys do stuff, which is really cool. Secret society stuff. Right. Yeah, that's always part of the fun is the mystery and our weird little workshop. No, the cool thing, though, is there was a little girl in there with her parents, and she was she was in awe of, of his work, and I'm, I'm waiting to see if she becomes the next Dante. <laughs> it, it absolutely could be, absolutely. Uh, your partner Don's here also. Thank you for joining us. Uh, has he ever described something to you that is so far out there that you've had to talk John off a cliff and go, you know what? You're pushing it to that level where I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's usually <laughs> what is all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's been amazingly supportive of all of our ridiculous things. <laughs> and then uh, you're you're probably faced with what every amusement park's faced with, or or any any entity in that people like the classics, but you probably have a vision to move forward, too, with some new ideas so it's not the same stuff. How do you balance the people that, oh, my God, I got to do ghost train every year, I got to do, uh, you know, you know their, their parts of it, but yet you're limited on the eight floors and changing it over a little bit here and there? It's, uh, it's hard. <laughs> it's a balancing act. I don't know. Every year is different. Every year it's like, okay, this, I want to focus on this. We've missed this, you know. The last couple of years, for the first few, several years, I never even got to really go to the party. It was just constant behind the scenes, putting out little fires, just dealing with stuff. And uh, it was frustrating because I wanted to actually see how the event was working, how people were interacting, so you just make it better constantly. So to be able to go, to actually go to the party uh, the last couple of years um, has helped really guide the direction of those things. Because you figure, it basically just comes down to what, I want to see and what I want. I mean, that's how Theater Bazaar started. It was a group of people going, I want to go do this, and nobody is doing this, so we need to do it. And we don't know how to do it, but we'll just figure it out. How'd the idea of Zombo as a mascot come along? Uh, fear of, you know, like, 
clowns or jesters as a kid or, or what? Just Yeah, I always had, since I was little, it was a fear of clowns. And uh, this was a way of exercising those demons. Um, the, before Theater Bazaar started, I was doing um, immersive environments just for fun, and they changed every year. And the first year of Theater Bazaar was not meant to stick around. It was just going to be the theme for that year, but it was way too much fun, and there was way too many ideas to explore. And Zombo was just like, okay, if we're building an amusement park, we, we need a Mickey Mouse. So it was, Zombo became that, and then his story grew. And everything, the layering of stories just continues to grow. There's something will happen. We're like, oh, we have a house now, and so I've got to justify a backstory for that. And a lot of it comes from just justifying a situation or it comes from trying to just create things from scratch and everything in between it's it's constantly changing which is part of the fun now is there artists that that apply to be part of it how many do you have to turn away every year when you say artists uh, what do you mean performers performers probably turn away hundreds and hundreds because we have hundreds right there's there's probably no bigger production in the United States and there's Vegas, New York, there's nothing that can top our scale. And for an independent production without sponsors and corporate backing of any kind, it's a it is a massive uphill battle. But our we have hundreds of performers because of the nature of it. When you have eight floors happening simultaneously for nine hours straight, it is filled. Like every lobby, every hallway can can become an impromptu theatrical experience. So. The only time we take off really is December, and then we start again in January, and all the planning starts, and we're starting to we audition people right now. Uh, if you go to theaterbazaar.org, uh, there's ways to sign up to be either a volunteer or there's performance from music to burlesque to sideshow to whatever, and we're open to anything to constantly expand uh, the type of performances. So it's hundreds. The crew, it's hundreds. It's massive. Yeah, it is. I, I just we come back and we see we see uh, our favorite burlesque dancers every year. Um, now you guys are two separate weekends as opposed to the one weekend. And how did how did that work out for you guys last year? It was your first year doing it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was the show was fantastic, the, and the reviews that we got from it were better than ever. But is we kind of split the crowd because because everything that we do we put into the show and we have very little marketing most of it is word of mouth and flyers but compared to the scale of it it is insignificant and so we were so afraid we needed to go to two weekends because at least two weekends that's just a stopgap this this event because of the scale this is not sustainable it is the most ridiculous bad business model you could ever (laughs) imagine and uh we knew we needed to expand but our fear was to split the crowd and it could be devastating and so for the last uh, several years, we were just saving money aside, knowing we would have this, trying to create a buffer for this massive financial loss we were we were facing if things went wrong. And, and it was, we barely scraped by, we wiped that out and we're still in debt, but we, we know that there's momentum from the show, so, and we'll never, we would never go back to one weekend because it's just... To, to work all year for two years and then expect that to, to even pay for itself is just doesn't work. So oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's like a move forward or die situation. It was just like the grounds. It was like 
either move or, or die. And there were so many fans like, I'm not going to it because it's not at the grounds. It's like, well, it's never going to be at the grounds. It would cost us millions and millions of dollars <laughs> yeah. to do what we were doing then. It was just illegal so we could get away with so many things. But now it's a, it's a totally different story. And You built a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just think about that. You built a roller coaster. Well, yeah, it was, that was Len, for, uh, Len Von Speedcult from Speedcult built that coaster. I had uh, to give an idea of the scale, when do you guys actually get a key to the Masonic? What time of the year? Uh, and what is the prep time to get it ready for the two weekends? And then how long does it take you to tear it back down and get out of the Masonic? The prep time, I mean, we start January 1st, and we start planning. Um, I'm going in shortly to, uh, to, to remeasure some things. Uh, we're going to start building probably in June. Everything gets built modularly then. I have to not only measure the space that the final set is going to go into, but because the building was built in the 20s, there's no real freight elevators. I have to measure every hallway, door frame, everything that that path that those pieces are going to take just to figure out a size. So It's, it's that detail-oriented. And then to, when we get the keys to go in, we have our storage. We have three floors of storage at the Masonic year-round because, because of the size and the scale and... Uh, so we're in there all the time, but when we actually start to set up, it's a few weeks beforehand, and then we move in. Like we bring air mattresses and a space heater, and we don't leave the building for a month. And it is crews are working around the clock. It's twenty four hours, twenty four seven, nonstop, and it's eventually will kill us. Well, John, I can't think of a better person than to ask: Is the Masonic Temple haunted? You've spent some nights there on a on an air mattress. You seen anything gone either that you can't explain? I wish I had a good story, but no, it's not. <laughs> and I think we're the ghosts that haunt the place. <laughs> it's just theater bazaars in the past that uh, kind of the ambiance that you're feeling in there. Yeah, well, we, the magic is all created by us. That's perfect. It's a lot of work to create magic. Uh, now, uh, let's talk a little bit about your other medium, uh, your, your painting and stuff. Uh, when do you find time to do that away from Theater Bazaar? Uh, you know? I haven't in a while. Actually, uh, I, I did an installation, uh, a massive entrance installation in France. Uh, was it last year? And uh, it, was a, it was an exhibition in France on, in part on Detroit, and they asked me to do the entrance to it. And the, the very first day of setting up this, it was it's a huge head. It was, looked like a theater bazaar installation. And within an hour of meeting my crew, we had a bit of a language barrier. And uh, they, were, they pulled a, uh, a support brace that they shouldn't have. And a steel wall came down and it tore my finger off on, a, on, a, on my painting hand. And unfortunately, they couldn't even reattach the finger because it was so smashed under the steel wall. So they had to cut part of my hand my palm and then they harvested the nail and rebuilt me a finger but it's it's taken a bit to kind of retrain to to paint the type of stuff i was doing before they can rebuild him <laughs> it's better faster stronger i'm a little slow <laughs> now that that's amazing because it, it, that almost answers the is the art in your head or is it the, the talent in the hand if you can reteach yourself it's the mind over the body you know yeah, certainly. I mean, it's a it's communication between both things, hand and mind. And there are some things have my fingers shorter now, so it's like I'm missing this stroke that's driving me crazy. And I'm thinking of having a theater bazaar makeup artist cast it, and we can sculpt a 
prosthetic finger that will hold my paintbrushes again. <laughs> if, if anyone could do it, it would be your crew. Yeah. I mean, they, they absolutely would. So tell us a little bit about your comic influences. Uh, we are at Comic-Con. You're here uh, in character also. Uh, what influences did you have as a kid for comics? Jimmy's huge into comics and stuff like that. It wasn't as much comics as, as Star Wars. I was six when Star Wars came out, and uh, and it, even then, it was one of my first memories. It blew me away. I was uh, obsessed from that point on. And then I also... My parents weren't necessarily all that aware of the arts, and uh, they didn't really even I, they didn't really know what was going on. And I didn't really I didn't know what a concept artist was or things like that. And I was about ten years old when uh, my next door neighbor had the art of the Empire Strikes Back with Ralph McQuarrie and Joe Johnston's drawings in it. And when I saw it, it, it just it blew me away to a point where I'm like I traded them. So many toys just for this book, and I, I learned everything from that book, like process and concept, and going from sketch to, to finish, and just composition, all of it. And uh, I still have that book to this day. The binding is gone. I had to have it rebound because it just like it became my bible. And um, I learned everything from Star Wars. Now, good question. Do you, based off that, do you see yourself as a director? Is there a movie in your feature? Uh, future a medium uh, sure I have no idea where I'm going so well no I mean I if anyone it. could get financing it would be you just I mean the, the, the track record of from page to like concept on you'd agree there, there's going to be some producers that you, it could be any movie you could probably do it I'm open so if anyone wants to <laughs> get a hold of me we're going to get Bob and Dave to give you some money right now we'll, we'll find them somewhere around here I actually last summer uh, it was kind of unprecedented but ILM put out a, a challenge to do design work because they basically yeah. said we're doing everything now and they it was a call for for talent and I I was still having trouble holding a paintbrush but I could hold my stylus on my my uh, computer mm-hmm. so I was painting digitally and it's and I never had the time before to do Star Wars stuff because I was always dealing with theater bazaar so I decided to take the challenge to to work out my finger to, to just to just to see what would happen and uh, it was pretty amazing I, I made it as a finalist I was in the top five percent and I got a call like the day they announced the winners I got a call from ILM asking if I wanted to work on Star Wars and I'm at this point I'm like I'm so busy with Tita Bazaar, it's like I want to cry because I'm like, I can't turn this down, but I can't really do it at the moment. So hopefully soon. Being such a Star Wars fan, how do you think Disney has uh, treated the franchise so far? Pretty well. I mean, I have my issues with uh, some of their sort of safe views on things, but I loved Rogue One. I was yeah. I was so happy with that. So it's, I'm, I'm excited. I'm just, there's more Star Wars, so it's all good. Exactly, and then they're gonna spin them off like crazy. You got a young Han Solo movie coming out. You got a Boba Fett backstory. Uh, you know they paid a lot for it, but they're gonna make a lot of money off it too. Oh, they didn't pay much at all. I thought four billions, nothing for that. No, <laughs> and they made it back already. Oh just yeah, oh yeah. It's like, come oh yeah. On. This is Star Wars. It's Best investment they ever made. Indiana Jones, yeah. like all of it for four billion. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, you got they got Star Wars now. They got Marvel. They got their own. You know, thing or whatever. I mean, Disney. I. They're never going to run out of money. They're never going to run out of material. They are. Yeah. They own everything. They own the world now. Yep. Now, John, uh, 
could we ever see a third weekend or expansions in other cities or is it just that Detroit's so special and unique that Theater Bazaar is here to stay and it's home? You probably couldn't trust anyone else to, to, to go outside of outside of here to actually do what you want. Yeah, if it, it, I would hope. I would hope we would go to three weekends. I would hope we would be able to get to an expansion, but it would be a massive a massive job. It's, it's not something that could travel, so a lot of people are always like, well, you're going to bring it here, but because we're building a 250,000 square foot space, it's like taking Disney World on the road. It's yeah. just not possible. So, but if it can, like even even the two weekends, like I said, is sort of a stopgap to sustainability. I would want to run all October. I would love to be able to have a space in anywhere else, New York or San Francisco or anywhere the art scene is supported. Um, but I still want to keep it in Detroit. I mean, there was there's no other city in the world where this could have happened. I mean, it was because of the nature of Detroit, because no one was paying attention at the time, we were able to do this. But it was also because of the people. I mean, I, knowing a lot of groups of artists in other areas of the world who don't have the support that Detroit has, as far as that goes. People just want to, I mean, the whole the, the T-shirt of Detroit hustles harder is true. People bust their ass just to, to do anything to help out. And the community is so strong, it's amazing. <laughs> Now, what does John and Don do to escape from Theater Bazaar? Because there's got to be some escapism. There's no escape. <laughs> Look at her. She's like, no. I mean, I, I don't not. picture you guys fishing in the Detroit River, but what, what, what do you do to just relax and kind of get away a little bit from Theater Bazaar? It's a lot of explosives. Um, <laughs> it's seven days a week. It's like we, we go, we'll go canoeing and we're talking about Theater Bazaar. It's, and we, we both work from home, so there's just there's no escape. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us, John. Uh, John Donovan. Thank you. Uh, theaterbazaar.org. Theaterbazaar.com. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. .org if you want to be a performer. Yeah. Theaterbazaar.com to buy tickets this year. Uh, check it out on once. Sale. Yeah, check it out once and you'll be hooked forever. Uh, I do mean this. I, I think you're a genius. Uh, absolutely, from yes. page concept to everything. It's it, what you do, your legacy will be talked about years and years after you have passed on. People will talk about Theater Bazaar and what it meant to a community. And uh, you picked a great holiday to base it around Halloween. The best, the best holiday. And, uh, you know, the, the fall, you know, the fall colors, everything. It, it could only work here, Midwest. For really sure. could. So and, they, and I thank you because you've inspired me as an artist to do better work, period. Thank just, you. Yeah. It's, it, it's been amazing just to Theater Bazaar, the, the, all the weird tangents of inspiration. I've met so many people that have never sewn before, that learned to sew to make a costume because of Theater Bazaar. People that have learned to paint and do so many things. People have branched out in ways that they never thought they could because of that. That's, uh, that's a crazy concept. It's, it's been amazing. Now we're going to nerd out on you really quickly. We have some stuff, if you don't mind signing uh, for us. That we've sure. kept uh, in a very secure place. Yeah, so really quickly, we'll introduce some one by one so people know what, what kind of stuff Theater Bazaar has. Uh, first off, we got a little Zombo. I actually won that. Nice. Uh, we in we the tried dark. again last year. We did not win another one. <laughs> yeah, you actually the have to win them. Right. And uh, it has the little Theater Bazaar tag and everything on it. They're all handmade. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, every like even the carnival prizes uh, are handmade. I love it. So if you don't mind signing a few things for us, sure. she has a sharpie somewhere too. 
Pass along. So what the, what he's signing right now is a little uh, miniature kind of zombo in a triangle phase with a like the like a stuffed colors. animal, right? And it's a prize in the carnival on the lower level of the Masonic Temple. Uh, he has darts. He has throw throw ball knockover stuff. I think. Yeah, uh, down a clown. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, the only one I could do was darts, though. That that was the surefire yeah, I, winner. I could bust. I could bust a few balloons, but. All right. What else we got in there, Rochelle? If you can't tell, we're huge fans. I mean, just <laughs> just ridiculous. It's my Detroit Live magazine where you graced the cover. <laughs> right, which was an amazing photo shoot. Thanks. <laughs> That's pretty much your uniform for uh, when you're for the for the event. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of a <laughs> ringmaster. That's awesome. Secret society leader. You know, you know, she's cashed out at the rest of the day. She's she's interviewed John and she's done for the day. Good to nobody. Uh, and then what uh, Rochelle's holding is a theater bazaar uh, comic that was done with the goon. Uh, really well done. Yeah. I'd like to see more of that. Any of that possibly happening again? Uh, not yet. I mean, we talked about any possibility. I think Eric's trying to figure out. Uh, he's got a whole new series of Lords of Misery, but I, that continues the story of the Goon. This was actually the very last issue of the Goon ever. There was uh, so that's fitting, kind of like the right. Bazaar, the different realm, and they yeah. got lost in it. Right. He came to the party two years before it was released, and was it was amazing because I was like following the goons since before they were even on Dark Horse. He was on Dark Horse and uh, and when he showed up I was floored. And then when he said let's like have the goon go to Theater Bazaar it was, it was insane. But um, yeah, it was, it was nuts. How much artwork did you do in that and how much was done by the other artist? Uh, I, most of the backgrounds I did I, when he finally uh, started to work on it, it was only a couple months before the party at that point so I kind of hand it over. It's a lot of it is um, concept art. I did all the opening pieces, uh, the big painting of the goats on parade, the Zombo piece at the beginning, and there's like a big spread that I did. This one is the uh, meant to be the carnival and the Masonic coming together. It was a vision that I've had for a while, but being able to like put it into the comic book form was pretty fun. Yeah, see, we've we've um, we've taken our kids to DIY, where you guys were set up uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, you um, can sign the cover. Absolutely, sign it. We'll and, frame um, it. So our our children, at what they were like eight and nine at the time, they know who Zombo is, <laughs> and we're preparing them. And I, I don't know if it's a that's a bad thing as a parent yet. <laughs> But That's a good thing. <laughs> we <laughs> are preparing them for to, to to show up there and, and enjoy it. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I had to go to a career day on Friday at uh, Don's daughter's school, and and all the kids wanted to know how to breathe fire and. Uh, <laughs> and they all knew who Zombo was already. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Oh, and there was uh, one kid who didn't know who Zombo, and then all the other kids started yelling at him. I was like, whoa. That is absolutely awesome. I'd, l- I'd love to see uh, it in another comic form. That would be absolutely great story. But thank you so much for signing that, too. Uh, absolutely oh, a pleasure. No. Uh-oh. This, this oh, yeah, this is what I've been wanting you to sign for a long time. Right. I'm actually trying to 
get as many artists. You're, you're going to be the first. Track them down and get it. Uh, Canvas Detroit, which is a great uh, book, which covered all the visual arts, some graffiti, obviously Theater Bazaar, anything that was uh, could be considered art in Detroit, Canvas Detroit. Uh, it goes alphabetical, so you're going to have to flip it all the way to T. Um, and then Theater Bazaar is covered in there, and, and it's done very well. It's, I, you could see they used some of the pictures you had previously, um, and it's it's your story, which just makes that cool. It's Were not you, alphabetical, by the way. Oh, I thought it was. Uh, what did you think of Canvas Detroit? Were you happy with the book? Yeah, I thought it was cool. I, it's been a while. It came out a while ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was a great thing. I mean, Detroit is... Um, finally starting to get respect in the worldwide art community for so long it, you had to move from Detroit to New York or LA to get any sort of recognition but uh, with people are starting to call Detroit kind of a new Berlin um, the art community is its pretty amazing here so to see a showcase like that is awesome. And we have Ardex and uh, D-Electricity to come through here now and right. um, it's they're pretty amazing for people who don't know what they are. Well, that uh, the picture of the shrunken head—that's uh, that's that's in the Cranbrook Muse- Science Museum, and I I got to display at Cranbrook. I had my banners. They had a when they got a grand reopening of the Cranbrook Art Museum, uh, there was a, a show called No Object Is an Island, and they they paired new art with um, pieces from the collection. So I got to. It was pretty amazing to hang alongside of a, a Rauschenberg and a Warhol, and when they asked what I wanted to pair with, I wanted to pair with this shrunken head from from the Science Museum. And so while no one was looking, we got to remove the cover and take this picture, and then I got to lick the shrunken head, which has always <laughs> been a dream. <laughs> and the other thing you guys do is the the Nain Rouge. You guys are a part of that. We just participate. Yeah, we, that participation. Yeah, where it's a parade where they uh, anyone can join. I mean, it's uh, encouraged. We see your to, train there. Right. Oh yeah, we jump in. Uh, one of the coolest honors you got was, uh, I believe it was uh, Art X uh, or uh, uh, Art X. Yeah, you were the Kresge Fellowship. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. how honored were you to receive that? That was incredible because that was um, shortly after we were caught. So it was fine. It was, we couldn't really talk about it before, and then we were out of the closet at that point. And to be able to get recognition in that way was pretty amazing. Going for ten years, and it was sort of dismissed as a haunted house or, uh, you know, just a Halloween party, which is never that to me. I could care less about a party, really. It was more about creating an, an art installation, and getting that recognition was amazing. It, it changed my life. It was uh, I was able to get a. a award from it monetarily which allowed me to quit my job and to focus on my gallery work and theater bazaar and things like that it was a springboard for so much it was it was amazing all right we're gonna go to one song break really quick really yeah uh that way we can uh just unless you want to care i don't think we can do song breaks here oh i thought we could do a no that's okay we can keep continuing what do you want to do uh, just grab a picture with rochelle okay. and uh, john thank you so much uh, go john. ahead and, and yep. get a picture or whatever john donovan uh theaterbazaar.com check it out if you've never been absolutely great thank you thank you one of my favorite interviews of all time we've been doing this four years are we doing a song break 
Oh, okay. All right, let's keep going. No, you can stay on the you can stay on the the headphone. Okay. All right. So we also have one of our ring girls here, uh, and you said that you have never been on one of our shows, correct? I have not. This okay. Is my first time. So tell everybody your name. My name is Jenna Kozlowski. Okay. And you are a ring girl. I am. Okay. Now, have you done ring girling before, or is this like your first time with the undercard? This is my first time. I just started about a month ago. Okay. Yes. So. And, and have you done any actual ring girl work yet? Like yes. walking around with the cards? And I all that have. Kind of stuff. It okay. was my first time last month. Okay. And was it a boxing or an MMA show? It was a boxing. It was a boxing? boxing and, and how did you enjoy that? It was all new for me. Okay. Totally new, but um, I loved it. It was great just to kind of see the interaction and the camaraderie of everybody. Okay. Now, have you done anything uh, before this, like any model work or any uh, anything like that? I have. Um, okay. I currently travel with the auto shows for oh, Chrysler. Okay. okay. Very nice. And how do you like that? I love it. Yeah. Um, I love to travel and just to kind of see um, everything come together and... Um, just to really be the voice of a brand. I really enjoy it. So right. really coming here and to kind of see, again, the camaraderie of everybody, um, right. it's wonderful. I really enjoy it. Very cool. Now, is this your first time at a comic convention? I attended just as a spectator last year, but okay. it is my first time actually being immersed um, right. in everything. <laughs> okay. And so it's totally different um, just to really see everybody and to see everything come together. And I love it. I really okay. enjoy it. Now, are you into anything comic-related, Star Wars, anything like that? or? Yes, okay. yes. I love Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. Um, I love it all kind of come together. And also the comics, too. I'm starting to kind of get into some of the comics okay. um, as well. So I'm kind of seeing where everything began uh-huh. um, is really interesting. Now, have you are, do you, like, read the comics, or are you just, uh, like... Uh, you know, like uh, you see something in the movie and then you look it up and you go, okay, what's that? And then kind of like learn that way. Yes, I kind of start to learn that way. Okay. Um, but I just recently went to Vault of Midnight. And so, okay. yes, in Detroit. And so I can kind of immerse myself that way and see kind of where everything starts from as well. Okay, very cool. And what's your favorite? Uh, are you more of a Marvel fan, more of a DC fan? Uh, like, who's your favorite superhero <laughs> so far? Uh, good question. Um, I do love the Marvel comics, so kind of seeing those all kind of come to light. Um, okay. my favorite. I really love Batman. You like Batman? I do love Batman, yes, right. but um, I'm a huge uh, Suicide Squad okay. fan as well. Okay, very so, cool. So, love that movie, love it kind of coming together. Who's your favorite character in Suicide Squad? Well, of course, Harley Quinn. Well, yeah. Okay. Of course. All right. um, but I, I love Joker. You love so you like the Jared Leto Joker. I, I do. Okay. Just, he was absolutely insane, but I yeah. think he played that part to a T. Now, have you seen the other Joker, the Heath Ledger vote Joker? I have. Okay, and you, and you still like the Jared Leto Joker? I do. Okay. Personal preference. Personal <laughs> no, preference. I know, I know, but a lot of people that have seen like, I know some people that have seen the Jared Leto Joker who have never seen. Uh, the Heath Ledger Joker, Correct. and they were they're like, yeah, I really liked him. But then after they saw the Heath Ledger Joker, they're like, oh my god, no, no, it's got it's Heath right. Ledger all the way. Definitely, so, yeah. Definitely. All right, and we have uh, two of the other ring girls here. Uh, why don't you state your name? I'm Brianna. Brianna and, and I'm Alicia. Alicia, okay. And have you uh, uh, have you ring girled before being with the undercard or? No, I haven't. No, well, neither have I. There we go. Okay, so this is like your first time. Yep. Have you done any actual? Because I'm not at all the events. Have you done any actual like ring girling yet? No. Nope. No. Nope. Okay. No. Nope. 
No. Okay. No. They're Just newbies. Here. They're newbies. They're newbies. It's, it's, it's okay. coming soon. I can tell you. All right. It's coming soon. Um, have you done any model work before being a ring girl? Yes. I okay. Have. And what about you? Yes. Okay. And you have. All right. Okay. Just getting to know the ring girls. Because <laughs> I don't get to know everything. So, yeah. Um, well, we're waiting on... We were supposed to have the Hillsdale Batman and the Hillsdale Supergirl over here But we're again. competing with a photo op. And we are competing with a photo op. And they did come over here right around 2 o'clock when we were talking with John. Well, they, so, they, they get... Today's Kids Day, so yeah. they're getting stopped. No, I know. And that's fine. Right. But uh, I came up with this, um, uh, this game that we're going to play. Uh, and Ring Girls, I want you to play too. Um, so there are a lot of very bizarre named superheroes in comics, okay? And I mean, I'm not talking about like Ant-Man, which sounds interesting, but it's actually a pretty decent thing. So I'm going to name a superhero name, and we're going to go around really quickly, and you're going to say if you think it's a real name or a name that I made up, okay? All right, so we're going to start off. All right, and Brad and Rochelle, you're going to do this too. All right. All right. I'm in. So, first one, uh, Big Bertha. Real or made up? I'm going to say it's made up because it is a Callaway uh, golf club. Okay. Made up. Real. Real? Made up. Made up. Made up. Made up. It is real. It is actually Ooh. a Marvel character named Big Bertha. Um, what is her superpower? I, I, I didn't get a... Oh, no, actually, Big Bertha, she's just really, really big. Think, like, um, uh, who is... Um, like, like Jabba, but... No, 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 no. Uh, think of... Um, oh, God. Uh, the guy that rams everything with his head. He's uh, He always goes against the X-Men. Uh, no. No, no, no. Um, God, well, I can't think of him. Anyways, um, Juggernaut. Juggernaut. She's like yeah, a female Juggernaut, Juggernaut basically. Okay. okay. Uh, Batmite. I love your bag, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, Batmite. Brad. No. Made up? Okay. Made up. Real. Real? Made up. Made up? Made up. Made up? It's got to be made up. Real. Batmite. Batmite is an imp from the fifth dimension who adopted the persona of Batman. And he calls himself Batmite. Uh, okay. Dr. Gadget. Real or made up? Fred. Uh, God, I'm going to say real. Real? Okay. Sounds real. Real? Made up. Made up? Real. Real? Is it Dr. Gadget? Dr. Gadget. Made up. It is made up. I just made that one up. Okay. I'm, I'm 0 for 3, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, okay, here, here, here's one. Hell cow. Cow. Hell cow. Made up. Made up? Real. 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 It is real. It's absolutely I'm, real. Could I do worse? <laughs> I, even I have a 50% chance of getting one right, and I'm over four. Uh, okay. All right. So uh, who here has seen Guardians of the Galaxy? Me. Yes. Okay. The, the newest one. The newest one. Okay. So if you, and it, this is no spoiler, but in the, uh, in the uh, movie, there's a character called Ego, the living planet. Okay. Um, so there is also, I found out, maybe, a character called Id, I-D, as in Ego, Id, and Super Ego, all of the psychoses from Freud. So there is an actual super character called Id. True or false? True. Okay. True. True. I'm going to say true. True. I haven't seen the 
True. Nope, false. I made it up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you got me on that one. All I, right. I did think of it when I, I seen it. And I thought, and I thought, I'm like, ooh, that's a good one. All right. Um, and I kid you not, arm fall off boy, real or made up? Oh, God, I, is this the last one? I, I got, got a bunch I, of them. I, I got a bunch go of old them. For, I'm yeah. going to say real. Real? Real. Real? Made up. Made up? I'm going to say made up. Made up. Rochelle? Real. It is real. He is a DC comic book character. His superpower is he rips the arms off of himself and then uses it to beat supervillains. Uh, all right. We're going to do We're gonna do two more. We're going to do two more. All right. Um, the Carpenter. Real or made up? Real. Real. Made up. Made up. Real. 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 Made up. Made up. It is made up. I made that up. Hey, All right. Be heroes. Last one. Last one. Squirrel girl. Real. real or made that up? is real. Real. All right. Real. 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 Yes, that is real. That is a Marvel character. Two people guessed it. Uh, dressed as. Yeah. Oh, here's another one, and I'll, I'll tell you. The, oh, so here are some real ones that I had, and I and I I didn't name them. Um, uh, strong guy. Uh, his superpower is when he gets hit, uh, he uh, gets energy, and if he doesn't expend it, his body expands, and he gets super strong. So it's like your metabolism. If you don't go run after you eat pizza, you're right? Exactly. Expand. But instead of it, instead of it turning into fat, it turns into muscle. Doctor Bong, that is a real character. Doctor Bong, Sugar Man. The question. The question. Ambush bug. Uh, are and these are these now are these part of the superheroes that that failed? No, no, no. These are ones that actually made a, a pretty good success for a period of time. Because there is a whole book based on superhero characters, yeah, the villains that uh, yeah, you know, just did not pan out. Yeah, no, I know. No, these are these all. I, I the ones that I picked are the ones that actually. Uh, made it for a little bit. You know, they might not be current, but they did have a good run. Uh, and the last one was the amazing screw-on head guy <laughs> as an actual character from Dark Horse Comics. Wow. Absolutely All right. crazy. So everybody did great except for Brad. Brad, you suck. I, I got one or two. <laughs> you got, like, two. one. Oh, no, you got two. You did get two. two. So we asked the Ring Girls yesterday because we've, we've had some different groups in here, but uh, we might as well ask you guys, too. Uh... Would you guys be a mask superhero if you were a real superhero, or would you try to forgo the mask? Would you try to protect your identity, or would you like the vanity of like people knowing that you're the hero? Oh, I would definitely have a mask. I think so. I think if I wanted to try and live a normal life and then go out um, and be a superhero at night, I wouldn't want to have all the backlash that would come with it if you did hurt somebody in the process. So I would definitely try to mask my identity. But you see, like you got Wonder Woman as, uh, you know... Yeah, but she's a demigod. She can do whatever the hell yeah, she wants. All she does is put her hair back in a bun and throw on some glasses. <laughs> Supergirl. Look at, so look at Superman. Clark Kent, yeah. Yeah, I'll do I mean, like Superman. I'll just throw yeah. some glasses and put a curl. <laughs> yeah, I'll put a curl. I can't, I can't count how many times when I don't have contacts on, people don't recognize me because I have glasses on. I, I get rid of the cape. astronomical. I wouldn't wear a cape because they get caught to and stuff. To no, capes. Like no capes. No capes. No capes. <laughs> no capes. <laughs> Yeah. I probably wouldn't. Masks are uncomfortable. <laughs> it might get in the way. Yeah. 
I like I like your I like what you're you were saying though. You you want to wear a mask for basic lawsuit purposes, yeah, so that they can't come and sue you <laughs> if you accidentally hurt somebody. Because I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine the type of insurance that like Superman would have to c- cover? You know, Carrie, because of the amount of destruction he makes. All the buildings. You know, yeah, exactly. He still has a different identity, though. I know, but you, you know, it puts have on a the glasses. Without having to wear a mask. Hey, Clark, how you doing? Oh my god, what happened to Clark? No, I'm just kidding. It's like Batman talking to Clark Kent and he takes the glasses off. Superman, how you doing? Oh my god, you missed it. Clark Kent was just here. Is there any pop culture shows you guys watch, like The Walking Dead, or is there anybody here that you're happy they're here or just to see? How is that little girl walking in spike heels? Oh my god. No I took mine off after like three hours. She's like nine. Yeah. That's any shows you guys watch? I watch Supergirl, The Flash, Supergirl, yeah, all the CW shows, Legends of Tomorrow, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I like them all except for Arrow. I can't stand Arrow. Arrow. Arrow's too brooding. He's too brooding. He's Batman. I don't want to see Batman. I want to see something fun. That's why I like The Flash, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow because it's just fun, you know. Yeah. So, what is your favorite character on the show? Supergirl's my favorite, but I'm a Wonder Woman fan. Yeah. Are you excited for the movie then? Yeah, it comes out in like a week. Or it comes out week? June, really? June second. June second. Yeah. yeah. June second. Oh, wow. So it's a couple weeks. Ish. Yeah. But I and I and I told Rochelle this. I, I think it's gonna bomb. And we're at a place right now, two weeks out, where there should be. You remember when we've gone to Comic Cons, Rochelle, and they advertise the movies? There is nothing for this film here. No. I don't think you need to advertise it. Oh no! It, it's going to sell itself. This this would be the prime place yeah. for that and to money, money, money. Yeah, too many rumors and it's being a disaster. Well, and not only that, but I mean, if you you know this close to something opening like that, there should be you know a great number of women walking around dressed yeah, as Wonder Woman. I think I've seen two. Uh, no, there's there's one right there, but yeah, okay. But there's so such three. variations on Wonder Woman. Yeah, um, you've got like five different versions of her. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen a lot more yesterday than I did today. Yeah, I think well, there's the one there's the one that actually looks legit. Uh, she looks yeah, good. she looks really good. But <laughs> I think yeah. people are tired of DC backstories in every movie, every reboot. Like, just flashback scenes are needed. And this is an origin of how Wonder Woman comes about off Paradise Island. Yeah. I think they're smarter the fans mysteria. than they give them credit for. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not happy because it is the backstory, really. Oh, I am. I'm curious on how they're going to bring her and bring her out of Themyscira. Um, how the I'm land, for Steve Trevor. the world of the world like of man. Chris Pine, yeah. Chris Pine. Chris Pine, yeah. I oh. like it when they, you know, yeah. Zoe, Zoe Saldana. You got Chris Pine now. We're, we're you know, crossing uh, sci-fi movies here. I'm, I'm loving it. What are you talking about? Zoe Saldana. Okay, she's in Star Trek. She's yeah. in Guardians. You're right, yeah. She's in Avatar. Oh, 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 oh you're Chris talking Pine, about got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Trek. Kirk. Yeah, and now he's also in Wonder Woman. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. But also, I don't like that because that's taking away... You're, you're using the same actors in all these sci-fi and fantasy movies, and you're taking away good-paying jobs. You know, you're taking away jobs from other actors who... Maybe might not have the face, but you know you don't need another Chris Pine in a Wonder Woman movie. 
You know, you don't need Zoe Saldana to be in so many different things because there are other actresses out there who could do the job just as well, but they're not getting the chance because they're the studios are just hedging their bets on names and not talent. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's following the cosplay rules, Bob. <laughs> what uh, are we, the cosplay rules? He was just saying, like you know. Like if I if I tried to be Superman, I'm oh, gonna oh yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so Alicia, any shows that you like, really quick? Um, well, just like I just I really like the Flash, and I do like Arrow, and oh, I do like the Flash and Arrow and shows like that, and yeah. How about you, Jenna? I'm much more of a movie fanatic. Okay. Yeah, especially um, like the old Star Wars. I love the old Star Wars. Um, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. I big love fans. it. Yeah. <laughs> Huge fan. Yeah. Harry Potter is the best. No. Read all the books like ten times. Have you seen, yeah. the, have you seen uh, Fantastical Creatures yet? Fantastic Beasts, yeah. Beasts, yes. Yes, Sorry, I yes. have. I haven't seen that yet. Is it any good? It's a wonderful film. It'll okay. never hold up to Harry Potter in well, my eyes. No, but, but it's, nothing will it's hold up awesome. to Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah, I mean, great characters, and I think the mu- movie really did it justice. Okay. I'm, I'm curious to see it. I just haven't seen it yet. I, I think uh, Eddie Redmond did an amazing job as new. Eddie Redmond, he's fantastic. I Love think he's they wonderful. Have a for that, right? Uh, yes, they're, com- they're coming up with it. A sequel, yes. To Fantastic Beasts? Yes. yes. Oh, yes, right. they are. Because they're talking about maybe making Cursed Child into a movie. I've read that book, and yeah. I'd be curious to see how that would do. I know it's um, we know it's that they're bringing it. It was a Broadway play, which then they turned into a book. New York yeah. soon uh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, if I was to say to you, Jenna, uh, Han shot first. What am I referring to? Let's see how big of a Star Wars fan you are. Han shot first. Yep. You gotta know. I do not know. All right, Give me Alicia, a reference. Alicia knows. When they're sitting at the table oh. with Greedo, yeah, and no, well, Greedo shot first. No, Han shot first. <laughs> but then when they in the original them. in the original movie, Han shot first. But when the, he redid the the they special edition, him a couple times when they redid the special edition, uh, uh, Lucas had Greedo shoot first, and then Han shoot him in retaliation, and that completely takes away. The uh, the whole ruffian scoundrel thing of Han, and the reason Lucas did it is because he said, "Well, that kind of makes him a bad guy." Like, yeah, but that's Han Solo, you know. So Han shot first. There was this huge debate, like you know, because they changed it, and then is that canon? But no, Han shot first. Right. Doesn't matter what version. Jenna gets one more shot. If I was to tell you, or if I was to ask you. What inhabits uh, Endor, the moon? Who inhabits Endor, the moon? Who inhabits Endor? Yep. In the very first one? No, no. that would be uh, Return be, of the that'd Jedi. be the third movie. Luke. Jenna, you no. fail. I'm sorry. Oh. It's, right. it was it's, a, the it's, it's the Ewoks. Ewoks. But I like that you're a fan. Yeah. yeah. I like that you're a fan. Oh, I love Okay, well, she's got okay. she's got one redeeming question. Right. Oh boy, you gotta do it quick. Chewbacca, yeah, Chewbacca, right? Okay. Okay, you know Chewbacca, right? Of course. Do you know what species he is? I do not know what species. A oh. Wookiee, right? It's a Wookiee, right? Oh, Wookiee, and I've never okay. seen it. Okay, and <laughs> what is the Wookiee's home planet? What is its name? No, anybody? Me and my coworkers at the shop was just talking. Oh about yeah, this. No, no, no. we got somebody that knows. Okay, go ahead. Kashyyyk. That's right, Kashyyyk. 
Very good. To Sheik, yes, the home world of the Wookiees. Very good. Cool. Go. He's just sitting in really quick. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Right. Very good. Well, yeah, but All we, right. we got to wrap up. Uh, we want to thank John uh, Donovan really quickly for joining us from theaterbazaar.com. We want to thank our ring girls. Let's go uh, really quick. Alicia. Rihanna and Jenna, thank you very much. Rochelle thank for running you. the board. Bob and Dave for having us here. Jimmy for the questions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but especially John and Don, uh, Theater Bazaar. He does not, he even told me as he left, he doesn't do a lot of interviews. No. Uh, he doesn't like to do interviews, so we, we it feel was an honored. an absolute honor to have him. Like, we're going oh. to wrap up. I think some wrestling shows are coming up. Yep. And, uh, I believe... Uh, the Starship with Jimmy Knight is up next. All right. Ninja yep. Starship. Right. Ninja, Ninja Starship. I'm sorry. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>